0: Welcome back to Middle-Aged Gaming 2020's The Game Show. Tonight, we present to you a special Halloween episode in which we will be talking about game franchises we'd like to see return from the dead, as well as those that seem to be possessed by the spirit of those that came before. And as a special treat, we will be giving you our very own Halloween recommendation. Today's games include Shogo Mobile Armor Division, Bushido Blade, My Time at Portia, Pray for the Gods, Orcs Must Die Too, and The Walking Dead, Definitive Edition. So cozy up around the cauldron as we present to you our Halloween episode, Necromancy in a Nutshell. <laughs> Hello once again and welcome to The Game Show. We have an exciting
1: episode today and I have a hunch you're probably going to be able to guess the theme. You guessed it, it's the Halloween episode, but instead of just giving the old cliche review of scary, spooky and terror inducing games, we have decided to take things in a different direction. That's
0: right. Today we will be talking about long dead game franchise that that we would like to see brought back from the grave, along with spiritual successors that we really feel capture the soul of their inspiration.
1: And for our last trick, we'll be reviewing one treat that we feel would make good use of your time after you've done passing out candy.
0: Absolutely. So Korean, would you like to start us off with a game that you would like to see resurrected?
1: Oh, this was a difficult question, but something just sort of came to mind as I was thinking about this. My game is Shogo Mobile Armored Division. It was a Monolith Productions. They were the same people who made the Fear Games. Uh, Do you know the Fear Games, Adam?
0: The Fear Games. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, the Fear. I didn't realize it was the same group.
1: Yeah, same people. Um, Back in, I guess this is is before Fear 1 in 1998. Fear was a sort of horror FPS game. It was the sort of first horror FPS game that I played back in the day. It was awesome. But anyway, Shogo came out in 1998 um there's no specific month or day i guess because it is 22 years old it came out on windows first and then mac and linux later if you're looking at the trailer now you can see it's extremely blocky not exactly kind of cool but um if you do look at this on steam you can buy it on steam for 10 us dollars uh there are textures packs it doesn't make it look 2020 standards but at least you'll get 2010 standards and it runs it was um when this game came out, my older brother got it us, and we all played it. My younger brother and older brother. It, to me, it was a very unique game, a sort of mech combat without the complications of BattleTech. Or oh, there was another game that I'd like to have had resurrected, and I can't think of the name now. It was another pretty famous mech game back in the day. This was like really action-based, but you still had the mobility and the armor of a mech suit and it it was really fun, really fast paced. It it was just different. Like I mean if you look at the trailer you can see like a guy is holding two pistols and you're like, Okay, this is actually a guy, but actually it's you in your mech suit holding this stuff. And yeah, Shogo features a a, a mix of both standard on foot person shooter action and combat with anime style bipedal mechs. I think you saw that from the trailer, but definitely if you go to YouTube you Google Shogo Mobile Armored Division, you can see some sort of more modern gameplay. Uh, with better textures this is the video that i could use that's actually the original trailer and yeah it was such a long time ago i don't quite remember what like really drew me to it exactly but i I feel like in 2020 i'd love a game like this or, or remastered or remade actually probably not remastered a remade game that had the mobility of this kind of game Adam, what do you think? Uh, Any questions? Um, Do you play Sugar as well?
0: I played... They used to have like a free... I guess it was like the first level or something like that you could play as. And so I had played that. I never played the full game. But I did play the free version of it or whatever they had or whatever I got my hands on. I don't remember how I got it, but like you said, this game is super, super old. But yeah, it has the, I remember it does have the, you can swap between your your dude and the mech, right? You can get out of the mech and run around as a, as a guy and then climb back in, right?
1: Exactly, exactly, exactly. All
0: right. Do you remember how
1: many different mechs they had? God, no, I, I do not remember. I remember um, very much in the vein of Diablo, they were three mechs. So as usual, having two brothers, my brother played. Older brother played one. My younger brother played one, and I played one. So we never played the same mech.
0: Oh really? Yeah. Uh, I remember what really kind of drew me in was because back then I was really into Robotech or Macross. Oh yes. On. Um, but yeah, I was really into that and the whole like they had the planes that could transform into the mechs and then they could transform back into like the planes. And then looking at this game, because somebody was like, "Oh yeah, it's the same thing. You can like it can transform into a car." And I was like, "What?" And so I played it, and I remember that they had that kind of transformation feature where you could transform into like a like a tank kind of car thing to go faster through the levels, or you could go back into the bigger one and have a little more m- mobility to it. So yeah, I, I, I was it was a lot of fun back in the day. But that's such an old game.
1: <laughs> it is. It is. It is i i'm looking back at it i'm trying to remember gameplay and stuff but i just remember when i was growing up i used to watch my older brother play games all the time because he was 10 years older so he didn't have to follow the rule of playing only playing games on the weekend so during the week when we finished homework we could sit next to my older brother on our single computer and watch him play shogo ah did you have that experience growing up like like did you have a rule about games in your house?
0: I was the oldest. but uh, So, I mean, I would I would have been in your older brother's shoes. But we didn't have a rule for games. We had a rule for TV where my parents would say that each kid could only watch, say, a half hour of TV. But seeing as there were seven of us, that's still, what, three and a half hours of TV? Oh, yeah. But, yeah, so we could each pick a show, and then we could watch the show. But then the other ones could watch the show that the one had, who had picked it could watch much <laughs> so i mean obviously we didn't watch all of them because like you know my little sisters might pick like barney and friends or something like that but uh yes but yeah yeah we we but with games because we didn't have a pc until i was let's see i, I don't think we had a pc until i was maybe 12 or 13 and we didn't have the internet until i was around 15 or 16 so for us when we played games, the only games that I think we really had on PC were SimCity 2000 and maybe Warcraft 2. But me and my brother, we were uh, console players, so we would always play the Genesis, and you could play two-player on that. So we never really had a problem with that, just because we were a console family.
1: Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Different. You guys got to watch TV during the week. Are we, I mean, I had the same thing. We could watch 30 minutes, but... It always didn't feel like enough. <laughs>
0: no, it never does. But yeah, we ended up watching a fair bit just because we could kind of piggyback off of each other. So okay. yeah.
1: So what about you, Adam? What do you want resurrected?
0: Ah, uh, For me, that, for you, it was a hard decision. For me, it was a very, very simple and easy decision. I would resurrect Bushido Blade. This was an old game made by Squaresoft back before they became Square Enix. The original game was in 1997. Bushido Blade Two came out in 1998. This was back in a time where game turnover was really, really quick. I mean, if you look at Final Fantasy Seven and Final Fantasy Eight, there was a one-year difference. If you look at Final Fantasy Fifteen, it was like a five-year gap between it and the previous game. But anyway, the game was really unique in that it was a fighting game similar to what you might see in something like Dead or Alive or Street Fighter, but it was fully 3D. So back then, most of your fighting games were 2D. You know, you had just back and forth. A few of them had 3D but it was usually more of a step to the side kind of thing. So you could kind of step to the side and kind of dodge, but there wasn't like full 3D movement around the arena. This one had full 3D movement around the arena and it also was very unique in the sense that there were no life bars. Basically, you were a samurai or some kind of warrior fighting other warriors and it was a one-hit kill. If you could get the if you could get the guy, he was dead. And so because of it, they had this very interesting kind of parry mechanic. I mean, now we have parrying in a bunch of different games. But back then, this was one of the first ones that had a parry mechanic. And basically, the way it worked was if you attack them at the same time that they would attack you, you could kind of deflect their blade or you could lock blades. But if you could get them at the right time, like with certain speeds or timing it right, you could actually kind of knock the blade up, you know, so you could knock it away and then just stab at them or something like that. So... That was really, really kind of a cool concept. And it was really interesting because normally in a game like Street Fighter, you know, you have three rounds and then the character wins, right? You know, round one, round two, round three, winner, right? So Bushido Blade did not do that. All it did was it just had a counter in the upper two corners of the screen that said wins. And every time you killed the guy, it would just reset. So, I mean, you could, I think the max number of wins you could have was 99 but we would get up to the point where each of us would have 99 wins. And then we just you just stopped k- keeping track of how many kills we had. So it, it kept the gameplay really, really fast. So, you know, the fights were really fast because you can just kill a guy right out. But then, yeah, you can just go right back in, right back in, right back in. No loading times or anything. It just reset the characters and you could go right back at it. So that was a really, really cool, really fast-paced game. And I really liked it. And I've, nobody's really done it. A couple of games have tried... To kind of emulate this. Later on, there was a game called Kengo, and that kind of tried to emulate the Bushido Blade dueling, but they did have life bars to an extent. And the only thing you could have access to was the Katana. That was the only weapon you had. There's a new game coming out. It's an Alpha, I think, right now. Maybe it's already in beta, but I think it's an Alpha. It's called Die by the Blade or Die by the Sword. I can't quite remember. But that one is very similar. And they've even said, you know, we're trying to make this game kind of like Bushido Blade. But again, all the material so far that they've revealed, the characters are always using the swords again. Bushido Blade would allow you to use a variety of different weapons. You could use the Katana, you could use the Odachi, uh, a broadsword, a longsword, the Naginata, the Yari, which is a kind of spear thing. Naginata is kind of a Halbard looking thing. So you had a wide variety of weapons and each one had its own unique sets of moves. Each character could go into three stances with each weapon. And then certain characters would have special attacks with each weapon. So depending on your character, you might want to pick certain weapons. And then, of course, every character had a secondary weapon. For some characters, you would throw it. And some of them were just kind of heavy weapons that if you hit the guy, it would stun them. Other ones were sharp weapons that they could deflect pretty easily. But if they didn't, you could stab them. Certain characters, their secondary weapon was a second sword, so they could dual wield. Uh, So there was just a lot of variety and a lot of ways to play. And I just don't understand why nobody's done this since. It just makes no sense to me because this game was just so amazing. Uh, The other really cool thing was you could do things like throw dirt in people's eyes, you know, to stun them. And in the original one, you could break their legs. Wow. So then they would fall on the ground. Yeah. So they're on the ground and all they can do is kind of flop around and roll around and just kind of wait to die. The second game, they didn't do that, but they did make it so you could break an arm. So if you got a good blow on them, but it wasn't a a death blow, you might break their arm, which would slow them down. And for certain weapons, especially the heavier ones, it could really affect how efficient they were with them. So yeah, it was surprisingly deep for an original PlayStation title.
1: Okay, a few questions. So like this is, It's unplayable now unless you have an original PlayStation.
0: Yeah, in the sense that, I mean, if you had an emulator, you could play it. But I don't think it's ever been re-released on the PlayStation Store. PlayStation 3 used to have what they would call the PlayStation Classics that you could buy and download. They stopped doing those now. Some of those are on PlayStation Now. So you can play some of the original PlayStation games on PlayStation Now. I don't think they have Bushido Blade, but I'm not 100% sure. I'd have to check. But as far as I know, the only way to play is either through an emulator or on the original PlayStation.
1: Okay. Um, A a quick question about that as, you know, me not being a PlayStation person. So, I mean, now with, you know, HDMI and that kind of stuff, you'd have to get like a special cable to connect your original PlayStation to your TV, right?
0: Yeah. So there are adapters that they have. I, I think I probably still have one laying around here. Uh, because my PlayStation 2, the PlayStation 2, they used to have the, what was it, The I don't remember what they called it, AVI, was it? The red and the yellow and the white uh, things that you plugging into the back. Is that, is that cool? I thought it was just RGB. I don't know.
1: Oh, oh uh, RCA cables.
0: RCA cables, yeah. So the, yes. the, I still I have an adapter for that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so when I got PlayStation, when I when I came to Taiwan, I had PlayStation Two. And when I bought my first TV here, I was like, you know what? I'm going to get an HD TV because back then HD was like this new and amazing technology that very few people had, right? So I was super excited. But of course, my HD TV needed a HDMI adapter, so I
1: had one. So you could get you can buy adapters, yeah. Okay. Last question, like you said, you don't know why people have re haven't release this game again but i remember this now i've like for me one hit kill sounds like very not fun well that was the thing is you would think it's not fun but then
0: just because the fact that the fights are so fast that it's just really fast you you know it's not fun because you're like oh i'm just being dominated i'm being dominated but you know and then if you were playing a game like street fighter where you have to go back to loading screen select your character you know that might not be fun because you're playing like a, a 22nd round but and this one because the one hit they did it really well in that they had like i said the parry system yeah where a lot of the fights actually weren't that fast it wasn't as quick as like boom dead boom dead yeah. it was usually like ting 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 you know it was more like it they ended up playing out more like what you might see in a hollywood movie with like pirates of the caribbean or something you know there's a lot of like back and forth and then eventually you get an opening and then you get the guy they weren't super fast but you could have a round that was really fast so if you were playing over and over and over again you know you would get one round that was 10 seconds and the next one might be five minutes you know because there's no timer on it or anything like that so it was a lot of fun and yeah it was one hit kill and so sometimes it would feel relatively kind of cheap there were certain characters on there that me and my friends would be like ah don't use that guy you know like
1: uh, for instance,
0: there was one guy who he was really good with a spear. He had some special moves with a spear. And one of them was he would kind of advance slowly, but he would step, stab, step, stab, step, 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 like lots of little stabs. Yes. And it was really hard to block because you could block the first few, but then he just kept going at it that he'd probably get through and get to your head. But if you just kind of ran away from him, then he wouldn't be able to get you. So once you kind of learned how the characters moved and how the characters played, then you could kind of gauge him a little bit better and whatnot. But I think the real appeal was the fact that it would reset so quickly that it was just fight, 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 fight. So it wasn't like, you know, it would just keep track of how many wins you had. It didn't, there was no, it never actually said you're the winner or you're the winner. The, Whoever determined the winner was purely based on the players. It just kept track of how many kills you had.
1: I can see, you know, the positives of of that kind of system.
0: Yeah, no, it definitely, it's kind of... uh, have you played For Honor?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we chatted about For Honor before. I played in the beta.
0: Okay, so yeah. So in For Honor, they were kind of advertising... Uh, some of the people were trying to compare it to Bushido Blade with this kind of realistic combat kind of thing going on and the parrying and whatnot. Uh, they still obviously had life bars in there, which Bushido Blade didn't have. But, you know, there are times in For Honor where you run out and just in the first 20 seconds of getting out there, you're already dead, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, so I mean you have that in other games where it's just these really big things, but the thing is, is in For Honor, when you die, you have to wait for 30 seconds until you come back, or your friend has to run by and res you. In Bushido Blade, it just reset, and then it just you just went right back into the fight. There was no downtime at all. Yes. Yeah.
1: All right. I'm gonna move on to spiritual successors. Excellent. All right. So my spiritual successor is not Shogo, of course. It is a game I played in early access. I put a good 40 hours into it. It's called My Time at Porsche. As the trailer says, it's made by a company called Pathia, which is a Chinese developer, which I did not know until I was researching for the show. It has a very, very beautiful art style. It was released on January 23rd, 2018. I did play it before that. It's available now as of writing on PC, Switch, Xbox One X and the ps4 so you start off life in an enchanting town of portia you restore your just like stardew valley you're restoring your father's farm slash workshop to his former glory you're growing stuff you're raising animals you're being friends with people you're going on quests it is kind of post apocalyptic in a way because in the game they reference this thing that like the world went through something and then now you're in this sort of heavenly place um it's for so if somebody is looking for this kind of game, if you've thought about it, if you've never played it, um, it's so if you like Stardew Valley, if you like relaxing games, the combat is definitely more Twitch-based. It's more like Dark Souls in a sense because you do have to dodge and and fight. But in, in a way, you do have to fight because there are quests that give you stuff that are critical for you to progress the game. So fighting is an essential part, but you can't just farm and can't just do stuff and work up to that point and get someone else to help you with the fighting. If you really hate fighting, it's it's a great game. To me, the the coolest thing was the art. It was it's using the Unreal Engine, if I'm not mistaken, and it just looks totally cool and very beautiful and very vibrant colors, and it's not pixelated. So to me, if like if Stardew Valley had used a 3d engine it would be this game they're still releasing content for it now um when i was researching the game they're releasing a new patch that's coming out the end of this month with some new quests and stuff there is no dlc i'm surprised they haven't released some dlc but i'm hoping that will come out in the future did you play this adam uh,
0: no, I've seen the I've seen it on the PlayStation Store but I've never actually played it. I just kind of skipped over it. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I had no idea what it was actually. I thought it was kind of similar to Yonder or something like that.
1: No I mean you know I played yonder and I've never actually finished it. I felt like yonder first of all to me again, you know if you guys like yonder that's okay. I, I, I felt like yonder didn't look that good and I felt like it wasn't as clean. Like, this game has a... Like, and I've talked about this, what has a very sort of focused sense of direction. It says, when you start, do this. Do A, B, C, D. Do B, C, D, E. Do this. And it just... It hits you with things you just kind of continuously do. Um, it's, I guess, in a sense, why I like it better than Stardew Valley. In Stardew Valley, you have things to do in the first, maybe two hours, three hours of the game, which is sort of like a tutorial. Then after that, you just do whatever you want. There's no direction no quest markers which i've talked to adam before i like direction in games i'm not a big like oh my god what should i do where should i go i have an hour to play you just tell me what to do and i want to do it don't waste my time <laughs> which is why I, I like my time in porsche it is the spiritual successor i believe to Star valley because it, it did come out two years after stardew valley and it didn't do as well as stardew valley i mean i understand why because People felt it was just restrictive in the way that the game was organized and who you talked to and how you did quests and stuff. But at the same time, I think it, it definitely did well in terms of the graphics. It did well in terms of not just farming, but also constructing stuff and crafting stuff and just looking absolutely great.
0: So, looking at it, I mean you so you said that it's a little bit more structured than Stardew Valley. Do you think that's the only real difference or is there something that really separates it from Stardew Valley in a way that you would say, "Oh, you know, these are distinct games."
1: I would say, of course, I've mentioned the graphics, I'm not going to mention that again. The the structure separates it. I would also say the dating separates it. In this game, if you're whoever you want to marry, you know, this does support if you're gay lesbian or whoever you want to date you can date um is much easier stardew valley i felt was kind of complicated to you know get gay married so this game was much easier you give a gift to somebody you go on dates and i remember in about three hours when i'd got to a certain stage in the game within three hours or for me like three days of playing i could get married Oh, that's fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is pretty fast. I mean, you go on multiple dates, and as your relationship bar fills up, you get like, oh, okay. Let's get married. <laughs> so we got married, and then the person moves into your house. The combat also separates it as well. It's definitely, like I said, it's Twitch-based. It can be a little bit difficult, and there's weapons and there's stuff, there's things for you to fight. What also separates it as well is the quests, because you do have to, I guess, no, that's the same as Stardew Valley. Now that I think about it, you do go around town and you, you meet people and they give you quests and quests give you stuff. The crafting, I would say, separates it as well because you, in Stardew Valley, you're a farmer selling stuff. You don't really sell the things that you craft. But in my time at Porsche, you can make like wings and goggles and stuff, uh, uh, sort of like steampunk stuff. And you can sell that to make money.
0: Oh, okay. So can you use those things like equip them on yourself?
1: Yeah, or? yeah, because yeah. you get gear, you get different sort of swords and weapons and armor and things that give you stat bonuses, sort of in an RPG sense of the way. And Stardew Valley, you have the same, but it's it's very minimal in this game. Uh, when you go into fights, some of the gear can be very useful.
0: Oh, okay. Well, maybe I'll have to check that one out then.
1: Wait for it on sale. Um, it's it, even now. It's it's cheap. It's it's only. Um, I wrote it in the show notes, or oh, I didn't write it in the show notes, but it's 20 US dollars on Steam. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: I just need to debate whether I want it on console or on PC.
1: Uh, this <laughs> definitely works better on console, I will say that.
0: Just because of the controls? Yeah, or? just
1: because of the controls. Playing with mouse and keyboard was running and fighting and stuff was a little bit irritating.
0: Ah, okay. Yeah,
1: so definitely get it on console.
0: All right, well, I'll have to wait for a sale then. No, but you could use you could use a controller on PC, right?
1: You you could uh, I'm always. I had a wired controller before, and I have a wireless one, so I'm always lazy to. I was always lazy to plug in my wired controller.
0: <laughs> uh, all right. Well, so f-
1: what's yours?
0: Yeah. So what's mine? Uh, so I picked "Pray for the Gods." Its name has gone through a couple different changes. It was originally P R E Y, "Pray for the Gods." So that was kind of a play on words, you know, "Pray for the Gods," but at the same time, the gods want to eat you. Uh, <laughs> however, yeah. <laughs> So however, after the game Prey came out, the Bethesda game, Pray for the Gods, which had been in development for a long time, ended up getting, not a lawsuit, but basically they had this whole thing about Bethesda saying, we have this game Prey, you're releasing this game Prey for the Gods, there's going to be confusion, people are going to think it's the same game, so you need to change your name. So at that point, they had been developing the game for so long that they couldn't really change the name because the people that knew about it already knew its name. So then they changed it to, uh, I don't remember what it's called, but you know that thing where it's like a combination of an A and an E? Yeah, what is that called? I don't know, but it's a little symbol, right? So they use that symbol in there now. So it's Prey with that A-E symbol for the gods. So that's their new name now. So it's still pronounced the same. But basically, this is made by No Matter Studios. Uh, it went into Steam Early Access in January last year, 2019 supposedly it's supposed to come out for consoles in 2020 quarter four however if i remember correctly it was supposed to be coming out for consoles like last year or something like that Uh, this game has been in early access for a very long time uh, or relatively uh, i guess it's not that long a year but it's been in development for a very long time so i am not holding my breath for this game coming out on consoles this year uh it will probably come out later But basically, it is the spiritual successor, or I should say, a spiritual successor to Shadow of the Colossus. So the guys that created this game really like Shadow of Colossus. They thought, you know what? Let's make a game where you're fighting big monsters, same kind of idea. So basically, you're a girl. She travels to the land where her people's gods live, and now you basically have to destroy them because they are going to kill you if you don't. So you go through and find them. It's very similar to Shadow of the Colossus in that these things are massive. They're building size. You have to climb on top of them. Uh, You have your arrows that you can try to, you know, just get them down if they're flying, that sort of thing. But it does update a few new things to give it a little bit of a twist. So for instance, you get a grappling hook. So if a monster flies over you, you can grapple onto it and kind of grab onto it as it goes by. It also adds a lot of survival elements to the game. So whereas in Shadow of the Colossus, you're in this kind of nice meadow with grass and it's a beautiful place and the entire focus is on the boss fights. This game is going to have more focus on, or I should say has... More focus on things like crafting, so you have to you know, build your arrows, you know, get your arsenal kind of together, but also you have smaller enemies that you have to contend with in the wild, uh, you have to eat, so you have to hunt food, you have to build campfires so you don't get too cold. So it, it does add on top, so basically it's Shadow of the Colossus, but it adds this extra layer of survival on top of it. And yeah, that's based pretty much what it is, so it doesn't go much deeper than that.
1: For me, now, like we have talked about Shadow of the Colossus before, and I've seen the game trailers and stuff. Universal's you know PC players, what is Shadow of the Colossus? What what made it so famous?
0: Okay, well, if you don't know, then I don't know what rock you've been under. But <laughs> Shadow of the Colossus was a game. It originally came out on PS2. It was by the same company that made ICO. ICO. I'm not quite sure how to pronounce it. I don't know if it's a long eye or whatnot, but they made Iko. Ico. They're also the same people that made uh, the last guardian, which came out for this gen. Okay. That was their final game. They only had three and then they disbanded, but shadow of the Colossus saw you as a character that he's nameless, but they call him the wanderer. So most people just call him wander and you travel to a forbidden land Carrying the dead body of a girl, we're not quite sure who she is. Uh, most of the story actually doesn't really tell you much. The only thing we know is that there's this guy wander. He has a horse named Agro. Oh, sorry, Argo. And Agro there's a dead be girl. Such
1: a cool name for a horse.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. His name is. Well, that's the thing is when he's running around, his horse's name is Argo. But when he's running around, he's going Agro, Agro. <laughs> it sounds like he's saying Agro all the time, right? But uh, basically, the way it works is. You make a deal with a demon named Dorman that you will release his power, and in exchange, he's going to resurrect this girl for you. And what happened was a long time ago, some people sealed away his powers into various colossi. And basically, his power is what's powering them, allowing them to run around and move. But they're guarding that power within themselves, because if it escapes, then Dorman will return to his full power. And so this is a bad thing, but for whatever reason, we don't know why your character does not care because he wants that girl back. So (laughs) he is tasked by Dorman to travel across the land, finds these colossi, and then he has to use a special sword that you can hold it up to the sunlight and it will reflect a beam of light that tells you where the weak points on these colossi are and you basically have to attack those weak points. Uh, until they fade away. And then once you've gotten rid of all the weak points. Then the Colossi is defeated. Dormant's power is released. And it goes into your body. And that makes you stronger. So that you can face the next one. So,
1: so you having played Shadow of the Colossus. what Many times. <laughs> what do you hope they're going to do better. In Prayer of the Gods. The only things that
0: I really would have wanted to see. In Shadow of the Colossus. Which I'm pretty sure they don't do was when you played it, they had the normal mode and then they had hard mode. And what happened was in normal mode, you had all the weak points were in set set positions. And in hard mode, either they would add another weak point or they might move them slightly to a different part of the colossi. But once you knew where they were, they were always in the same place. So in hard mode, they were always going to be in the same spot on the colossi. In normal mode, they were always going to be in the same spot on the colossi. I would have liked to have made it a little more random. So every time you played, it might be a little bit different and you might have to attack it differently. Like for instance, one time it might be on the head. One time it might be on the back. One time it might be on the ankle. So every time you played it, it would have more replay value, but this is one of those games where it's a lot of fun. But once you've beaten all the Colossi a couple times, you know, two or three times, it's, it's just the same fight over and over and over again. And you're going to, approach it the same way because there are certain ways to get on the Colossi or get them into a position where you can you know, climb on them. So I would like to see a little more kind of freedom in how you approach the boss fights. I mean, Shadow of the Colossus was kind of a puzzle game in that regard. So you had to solve the puzzle to figure out how to defeat them. But I think for replay value, I would like to see a little more randomness thrown in there. Now, I I do think Maybe they would have, say, a default normal. And then if they did a new game plus, then add it in the new game plus thing. I do think that there is something to be said for there's a set puzzle. Let's solve it rather than everybody is solving a different puzzle. But I think having that would be a huge, huge benefit to replay value. And then I also think that the survival aspects are a really interesting thing. I like survival games, so I I think that's going to be really really fun. So I think that's an improvement right there um, that they already do. Because
1: I just looked this up on Steam right now, it's really really affordable. I mean, fifteen US dollars, uh, four hundred and thirty eight Taiwan dollars on Steam. That's and the reviews are great. Nine hundred ninety four. Uh, overwhelmingly positive reviews. Yeah, it's been getting great reviews. Um, I, I I can't believe this slipped under my radar. Uh, you haven't played this yet, of course, but do you know anything about these survival elements? How difficult is it? Uh, not off the top of my head. I, I don't think they're super difficult. I think it's
0: probably more of maybe like the hunger meter that you would have in Fallout. You know, where basically as long as it's not super low, you're okay. So I think you just kind of have to keep those bars relatively high. And I'm not quite sure, but I think it might have kind of an arrow capacity similar to Horizon Zero Dawn, where you don't just have unlimited arrows. In Shadow of the Colossus, you had unlimited arrows. And this one, I think you have to actually like fashion arrows. So if you go into a fight and you run out, you're done. You don't have any arrows. You have to either back out and get more, or you have to find some other way to solve the problem. So I think the survival's... Kind of more in preparing for battle and then, yeah, just keeping your character kind of alive until the next battle. But I don't think it's super intense. It's not something like don't starve or something like that. I think it's probably closer to maybe Minecraft survival mode where you have like a hunger meter or something.
1: Okay. Because, you know, I'm scared of difficulty in my old age. I
0: have no idea how hard it is. Yeah. I think I'm going to have to
1: give this a go, watch a video or two on YouTube and if it if it's not the survival is not too difficult definitely add it to my wish list to pick it up on a sale or just maybe full price
0: yeah from my understanding i think the survival is more of a secondary thing where it's just kind of to give you something to do between fights
1: that makes sense
0: because in shadow of the colossus it was really just there's a boss fight the boss it ports you back to where you talk to dorman talk to dorman dorman says fight the next boss and then you just run straight to the next boss, or you have to find it. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have your sword, and your sword, you shine it in the air, and it'll show you with the beam of light where the next colossi is. But all you do is you just run back out, always in that direction. Let's run east. There's the monster. Fight it. Ports you back to the main thing. Great job, but now the next colossi, blah, 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 blah. Okay, let's go. Go out. Where's the colossi? Oh, this one's to the southwest. All right, let's run southwest, you know, (laughs) It's actually a pretty short game. This one is I think they tried to pat it out and give you a little more to do along the way rather than just boss running to boss, boss you running shout to out
1: boss. Shadow of the Colossus, how many hours roughly?
0: I mean it's a PlayStation 2 game. They aren't they weren't most of them weren't as long back then as they are now. But I would say less if you're really speed running it and you're not going for all the kind of secret stuff, which didn't really matter. I mean you could like get some lizards tails that would increase your stamina or something but you don't need them. But I would say less than 10 hours if you are if you know what you're doing. If you don't know what you're doing, it might take you longer because you can get lost and, and whatnot. But if you know what you're doing, it's yeah, quick. you can finish it pretty quick.
1: Okay, and we're on to the final category. Halloween! All right, my Halloween game is Oaks Must Die 1 or 2, whatever you can get your hands on in this day and age. Oh my God, actually, my game... Um, so, well, Ox, mine is Oaks Must Die 2 because that's the latest game you can get your hand on on oxmas die 3 is out but it is an exclusive for stadia unfortunately which uh we will talk about in after the show Uh, oxmas die 2 came out on july 30th 2012 so eight years eight years ago that being said it still looks great if you look at the trailer that's a really good example of how the game looks um you can see it's not too bad even eight years later uh, lots of upgrades, lots of cool monsters. And in a very sort of, why well, I believe this is sort of in, in a Halloween theme is it's very relaxed, very not bloody at all. The monsters are kind of zany. The characters are kind of zany. The voice acting is amazing. The, the man and the woman, if you play it in co-op, both have these sort of like opposing personalities and they're voiced really well. So they joke with each other and say like nasty things in a funny way. It is very unfortunate that the third game wasn't a Stadia exclusive because how many people are going to pay for Stadia Pro just to play Oaks Must Die? Um, And I really love this. I played this again with our friend of the show, Hans. Uh, He loved it and he really hates, Adam and I were talking survival games where you're sort of defending, but he liked this game. It's, I think, I've as I looked at it on Steam, it's about 400 Taiwan dollars, a little less than 15 US dollars. It's a tower defense game where you, if you play single player, you can play as the mage or the sorceress. Both have different abilities, both have different skill trees. Every level, you get to plant traps, as you can see in the trailer. As these things come towards you, you can also use your own powers and your own magic combined with the traps to fight them uh oxymorstice 2 and 1 are only available on windows when i looked it up but i did think it was on other platforms i could be wrong i'd highly recommend this to anyone who likes uh, tower defense games or rpgs it's just a fun easygoing relaxing doesn't require too much thinking in the beginning of the game it is like a 20 hour game roughly great to play co-op single is still fun too definitely pick this up even at full price, it's cheap. Or we'll just wait for it on the sale. Definitely, great, great, great fun game. So, would you say this is comparable
0: to to maybe like Fortnite Save the World? I mean, with the tower defense. Oh, definitely. Um,
1: it's I would say F- Fortnite Save the World is probably based on this. Okay. In in a way, in that the way the maps are, but Fortnite took it to another level. Um, I played Fortnite Save the World. I never played the the Battle Royale version because I'm I'm not into multiplayer games, but Save the World was awesome. You know, it's got that Fortnite-style co-op where you get to defend stuff and build traps. This, in a sense, is is more tower defense-like because there is, like, a path. It's not like Fortnite Save the World where enemies can come from anywhere when you need to defend. So you have to defend three, four, five lanes of incoming enemies. But this is enemies are going into a portal which you can kind of see in the trailer and you've just got they may come from multiple ways in the start of the level but as they get towards the portal there is like a single way that that's the only way they can go is to go into that portal is through that way but good comparison
0: alright uh, what? If, uh, so you have you said what a sorceress and a mage are the two characters yep. does this only have two player co-op or can you have more than that
1: only two player co-op I've heard and again I can't verify that uh was three is a uh, four player co-op
0: okay but unfortunately nobody's gonna play that so
1: <laughs> no 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 I, I i before when you gave me the topic for this week i looked it up i'm like okay please 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 let your stadia exclusivity be up and then i realized it's not just a stadia exclusive it's a Stadia exclusive forever so i i figured um. google paid robot entertainment loads of money and said hey give us your game forever and they say, yes, sure, why not? And then now I can't play this.
0: Oh, no, that's awful. That's too bad.
1: It is awful. And I mean, I don't blame them. I know they, they like robot entertainment is, is like a small to medium company. So I know that the amount of money Google paid just for it to be unstable was a lot. And I can't fault them for taking. It just sucks because I like this sort of genre of co-op tower defense games is extremely small. There's not many games where you can do this we get to do traps and sort of the childhood fantasy of creating a maze and fighting monsters is just this game.
0: Yeah. I was looking forward to Fortnite save the world going free. And that was supposed to be the real game. And then battle Royale was this extra thing and battle Royale is free and save the world is still, you got to pay for it. They never did what they said they were going to do. Oh so.
1: man. I, I want to get back into save the world at some point. Cause it was so much fun. So many cool weapons, lots of, interesting crafting and stuff and a really really cool version that's just been overshadowed by the battle royale version all right but you say uh works may die 2 is still worth it even now oh yeah definitely definitely if you can pick it up i'm i'm really hoping i'm wrong that it is out on consoles because on consoles i feel would be quite fun you know playing it on a big screen tv on pc it's still really cool co-op multiplayer yep you can definitely pick it up now i mean it's scalable up to 4K as well, so it will look nice and it will run well at 4K, even on a sort of lower-end PC. All right. When did it come out? 2002. Eight, eight, years, oh, right. eight years ago.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, that, excellent. Cool. All right. So I'm going to go into my Halloween game. I'm going to pick The Walking Dead, the Telltale Definitive Series, which my wife is not a gamer, but she likes watching me play this game. So she likes these kind of story games. I know a lot of people kind of give Telltale a hard time, which is fair considering they don't exist anymore. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, this is the Definitive Edition. It has all four seasons of the original Walking Dead game. It includes 400 days, and it also includes Michonne. I have not played Michonne, and I have not played the final season. But overall, it's a really fun game. So it's made by Skybound Games. The release date of the Definitive Edition was 2019. The original... Season one, I don't remember when that came out, but it was a few years ago, so it's a little bit old. It's available on PC, PS4, Xbox One, and it's kind of a choose-your-own-adventure-style game. So if you've played any of the Telltale games, you know, Tales from Borderlands or Wolf Among Us, then you basically already know what kind of game you're getting into. It doesn't tie in too much with the comics or the TV show, every now and then there are a few references for example in season one you do get to meet glenn who is one of the characters from the comics and the tv show Uh, you meet him prior to when he was in the show so you this is at the very beginning of the outbreak whereas in the show you meet him a little bit into the outbreak so you do have some kind of nods to certain characters like him Uh, later on you're going to meet another character named jesus you know so there is that tie in but mostly it's its own unique story so the original or the four seasons are going to follow basically the story of a girl named clementine her parents were away when the zombie apocalypse hit she was found by this guy named lee and he kind of helps take care of her and then throughout the successive seasons it kind of shows her as she grows up and kind of becomes an adult in this new world So, it does have a lot of the choose your own adventures uh, aspects of it where you'll. There's kind of a main story beat, but depending on choices that you've made, it could change different ways that characters interact. For example, you might be in a situation where one character wants to, you know, maybe you're fortifying yourself in a store or something. One character wants to leave, one character wants to stay. And if you decide to maybe leave and then. Somebody gets bitten on the escape. The character who wanted to stay is going to kind of have it against you and they're going to argue against you in the future, whereas the character who was originally suggesting to leave might kind of ally themselves with you. Uh, but the character's personalities also come into play here. So some people are a little more backstabby than others. So you might think that somebody's on your side and they could betray you. And somebody else that you thought maybe wasn't somebody you could trust is somebody you actually could have trusted. So it's really, really good like uh, that. And it does allow for multiple playthroughs, because even though you're basically following the same story, it does change quite a bit in the beats are happening the same, but the character interactions are very, very different. So even though, you know, we're in the same situation, just the conversations we're having and the way the characters are talking to each other and how they approach each other is drastically different in the moment. And, and so that's really good for that. So if you like these kind of visual novel type games, what's the other one that was on PlayStation? Until Dawn, that sort of thing. Now they have the, what do they call it? The Dark House or the Man of Madon was the new one. If you enjoy these kinds of games, I think you could really get a lot out of the Telltale Walking Dead series. It does get a little bit bloody though you know there are times where you might smash somebody's head open and brains are leaking out. So if you're not
1: Oh no. Yeah, it is
0: cel-shaded, so it is kind of cartoony, but it's definitely not a children's game. It's definitely an adult game. They also have, you know, language that might not be appropriate for children. So this is definitely in a game for a more mature audience. Yeah. Questions?
1: Sure. I do have a question. I I've I do have The Wolf Among Us. I do have the Batman series on my Switch i played the wolf among us a little bit and i played batman more most recently this year in the batman games also a Telltale game series that i should mention it was there was a quite a lot of quick time action fighting i mean it is batman but i mean i've watched the walking dead tv show years ago there was a lot of action is there a lot of fighting combat in this where it's like quick time events
0: There are a few quick time events. There's not a lot of combat, but there are a few quick time events where it could either be something like you have to make a decision quickly. And so you, you know, the timer's going down and you have to react or you don't react to a certain situation. For example, maybe somebody has a gun and they're kind of freaking out and you have to react quickly because if you don't, then they might shoot somebody or you can choose not to react. So in those cases, there are some quick time events, but there are a certain... Instances where you know you walk you walk around a corner, a zombie pops out, and you have to hit the button quickly to you know get it in the head or something like that. There's not too many of those. Uh, I would say there's probably at least one each season. So a season is an episode, or no, sorry, a season will have about five episodes each. So there's probably one or two quick time events per episode, but they're usually not too hard, and it's usually just like hit one or maybe two buttons. It's not like a long sequence of you know, fights where you have to parry, parry, block, punch, you know, they don't usually have long sequences like that. So it's not too bad.
1: So that that is different because, I mean, I played Batman, and in the start of the game, Batman's taking down these bankrupt, and you're fighting five guys, and it's just a series of maybe not, maybe about five to ten minutes of quick time events where you're dodging, rolling, and if you don't do something the right way, it just, you just, you, you die, and then you have to, re- it reloads to the, previous points
0: no th- this will be usually just one or two button presses like for instance you're jumping from one building to another building you jump you miss but you grab onto the fire escape ladder and then you have to hit another button before it like breaks or something like that you know so you have to click a button real quick to grab it and then you have to click the next button to grab onto the next thing but then from there you climb back up it's not they're usually not very long sequences
1: so if someone had to he's never played this they had to play it from beginning to end i mean Could you guesstimate how many hours it is? Uh,
0: It could be quite a while because my wife and I, what we would do is we would buy a season and every night after a season came out or maybe every, every few nights we would play it, but we would only do maybe one episode a night. And each episode would probably run us anywhere between an hour to an hour and a half. So there's about five episodes a season. So if you wanted to play the full game, plus 400 days, plus Michonne, yeah, it's 35 hours or so, maybe more, maybe 40.
1: A pretty pretty good length and definitely I mean, worth it for the price.
0: Yeah, and, and I would recommend this if you're, like I said, if you're the kind of person who likes visual novels, this is something you're going to really enjoy. If you're the kind of person who wants action and a lot of like actual playing and not just kind of like press a button, put the controller down and wait while the story plays out, you know, If you're that kind of person who likes those who wants to be doing something actively, you know, you're going to feel like, oh, my God, I'm just sitting here most of the time. This is a movie. It's not a game, you know. But if you're the kind of person who likes visual novels and that sort of thing, then you're really going to enjoy it. You're going to get a lot out of it.
1: Okay. I don't have this series, but I've got a a few other. Well, I've got two. I've got the Wolf Among Us and I've got the Batman series. So I really want to get back to playing that because I did enjoy the Batman series. And uh, I just got to find time to play.
0: Yeah, I've heard good things about the Borderlands, Tales for Borderlands as well.
1: Me too. I've heard that's really, really funny and really cool Borderlands-style dialogue. All right. Well, I guess that brings us to a close. It does indeed. Uh, Thank you for joining us. And if you miss us a little bit, be sure to check us out on Middle Age Gaming 2020 on Twitch, Middle Age Gaming on Instagram, uh, Gaming Age on Twitter, Middle Age Gaming 2020 on Facebook. Or, of course, just email us directly at middleagedgaming2020 at gmail.com.
0: And, of course, thank you for joining us today. Please feel free to leave any comments anywhere that you can find us because we are looking very much to reading them and we are desperately waiting to have something to read.
1: So, we hope to see you soon. Happy Halloween.